Welcome to our series on leveraging the cloud to ensure mission resilience, underwritten by Splunk. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and joining us today to talk about building resilience and ensuring mission success is Paul Kurtz, Chief Cybersecurity Advisor at Splunk. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Wyatt, it's great to be here. So let me start by asking, there have been a number of executive orders and memoranda issued by the Biden administration directing agencies to focus on cybersecurity and more specifically, zero trust. How would you gauge the impact of those orders on federal agencies? Yeah, well, it's a good question. I think they have a very significant impact, perhaps with some caveats. A good way of thinking about an executive order or a directive that is issued by the president in the case of the national security community is it's almost like an exercise of commander's intent. Those who follow military affairs are thoroughly familiar with that type of activity. As a military commander, how do you articulate what the objectives are and the outcome you want, but it's not necessarily specific as to what ought to be done and it leaves a lot of detail to be covered. And, you know, commander's intent goes way back. I think, you know, one great lesson is D-Day. Years planning for D-Day, ultimately when Allied forces landed, a lot of the plans were blown up. But everybody had been trained up well enough to understand this is where we need to go. When we go to a cyber executive order, it lays out the specific objectives. And it's really, really helpful for a CISO or a senior security leader in the federal space to have that guidance so they know what they're being asked to do in an incredibly complicated world around cybersecurity that's always changing. It's immensely valuable just as guidance whether it be an executive order or national security memorandum or a follow-on memo from OMB. Well, that's a great analogy. And at the same time, do you feel that between the executive order and OMB's directive that they're specific enough to get agency leadership on board to seek the necessary resources from Congress and broader agency budgets to really implement the intent of the executive order? I do. I actually think they are specific enough. Now, I think that can vary administration to administration. That does evolve. Some executive orders are written really well that give the right amount of detail, but are not too much detail that allows some flexibility. And so in the case of Executive Order 14028, which was issued last year, which sets out the president's broad guidance for federal civilian agencies, it does break down the problem to several levels. So say, for example, there is a portion that deals with logging. There is a portion that deals with zero trust. There is a portion that deals with software build materials. Subsequent to the issue of that executive order, there have been other documents that have been put together that offer specific advice from those experts that need to be involved. There's a memo on zero trust. There's a memo on logging in 2131. And there's other guidance out there on SBOM. So there's a waterfall approach here that gives the right amount of guidance to agencies. It's not overly prescriptive, which I think is really helpful. I'd like to talk about how you see the distinction between security and resilience. The executive order obviously laid out some very clear objectives about security measures and ways to strengthen them. But in your estimation, does it also do enough to help agencies strike a position of cybersecurity resilience, not just overall protection? Great question. I think we need to keep both in hand. You can't just think solely about resilience. 
You can't think solely about security. You have to have both. Security, and my way of describing it, is really trying to secure the system so that uh, you have insiders that don't cause problems or you don't have outsiders that are trying to get in and gain access to systems and do all sorts of bad things. That, that requires a layer upon layer approach in order to do that appropriately. It requires different sets of technology. When you get into resilience, you start thinking about, okay, security failed in one way or another. How do we come back or what is our fallback? How do we approach those types of issues in cybersecurity? And you have to have planning for that as well. Sometimes resilience requires retaining some sort of on-prem capability. There are going to be those agencies with on-prem. There are going to be those that need computing at the edge. And there are going to be those that need computing you know, in the cloud. And in fact, we need to think through a resilience across all those fronts because sometimes you might get into a situation where you really have to, so to speak, disconnect from the cloud in order to preserve some minimal level of operation should there be a massive attack. I think it's not to say that the executive orders or memos that have been, you know, they don't divide these two worlds within the directives so far that I can recall. Uh, they really kind of go hand in hand. And just meeting with CISOs in the private sector, as much as security is important, resilience is incredibly important, especially in the world we live in right now where we're seeing attacks from overseas against critical infrastructure and with the expectation that we'll see attacks against federal entities as well. And then perhaps lastly, as you think about recommendations potentially for agency leaders across the public sector, uh, what additional security recommendations might you make so that they can in fact be operationally resilient? The best advice I could give is do some contingency planning, run some tabletop exercises, uh, take the time to pull your team away from their day-to-day tasks and have what-if-like discussions, which help people think through uh, with a particular scenario, how will our security hold up? How will our resiliency programs hold up? One of my favorite books is something called The Phoenix Project. And The Phoenix Project was written years ago, but it really helps executives start to unpack and think about Do I have my bases covered? Am I really thinking through all the processes and systems that are involved in getting something done? And when things go wrong, things can go terribly wrong. But if you've thought through some of the issues, whiteboarded them out, you can have a far greater chance of success. And I would argue, in some cases, uh, refrain from having to spend some money that you realize in the end will have very little impact or it's already covered by something you do uh, or you have in place already. So you don't necessarily need to spend that cash. Well, Paul Kurtz, thank you so much for taking a few minutes here to share some of your insights about building resilience as part of the process of ensuring mission success. Thank you for having me. Look for more on this series of Leveraging the Cloud to Ensure Mission Resilience, underwritten by Splunk, in our next episode. This is your host, Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in.